About 20 years ago when I started covering baseball, I thought the notion that the ball sounds different off the bat with some guys was just really a trite thought. Jeff Passan covers Major League Baseball for ESPN. And then I'm down on the field for batting practice and I'm talking with somebody, my back's to the field and the BP's almost like ambient noise. Until a hitter like Aaron Judge steps in. It does sound different. When he really barrels one, it's such a satisfying noise, like this fully formed realization of two moving objects meeting in one, in this case the bat, dominating the other. When I think a ball is hit well, I don't look at the ball. I look at the outfielder. The outfielder's reaction tells me everything I need to know about how far the ball is going to travel. When Aaron Judge, who is six foot seven and 282 very chiseled pounds, a true specimen one of one, squares up a ball, the outfielder runs backward for a few steps and then just stops. And he's not trying to show up his pitcher. It's just resignation. When Aaron Judge does what Aaron Judge does better than anyone in the world, Emily, the outfielder doesn't even move. There's pitches hit the deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, did he hit a rocket. And Yoenis Cespedes in left field did not move a muscle. It's a judging blast. All rise, here comes the judge. Jeff Passan, as we're recording here on Tuesday afternoon, Aaron Judge has 44 home runs. He's on pace to top Roger Maris's mark of 61 home runs that stood for 37 years until it was broken in 1998. So just big picture at the start here, what does this season Aaron Judge is having mean for Major League Baseball? It's everything Major League Baseball could wish for. It is a New York Yankee. It is a home run record that's being chased. It's the bright lights. It's the big city. And it's the one thing above all that baseball is known for, home runs. But it leads to a really uncomfortable place, too, because... The sins of baseball's past are put on display every single time Aaron Judge creeps closer to that magical number. And the fact that I say that magical number, Emily, and you're not exactly sure which one I'm talking about, whether it's 61, Roger Maris's previous record, or 73, Barry Bonds's current one, it's complicated. How do we contextualize this? How does baseball reconcile its past and those numbers that live on in its record books today with the present that Aaron Judge is doing, with what he's threatening to do? Those are questions that have very difficult and complicated answers. 
There is nothing more exciting in baseball than a home run chase. And for decades, the mark everyone was chasing and falling short of was Roger Maris's record of 61 homers. Then, from 1998 to 2001, the heart of what came to be known as the steroid era, Maris's record was topped six separate times by the likes of McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds. And in the following two decades, it has not been surpassed since. So today, as the Yankees' Aaron Judge is in the midst of a historic season, Jeff Passan joins the show to tell us what it means if Judge tops 61 home runs and whether Major League Baseball and its fans will come to regard the Yankee slugger as the true home run king. I'm Emily Kaplan, in for Pablo Torre. It's Wednesday, August 10th. This is ESPN Daily. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Jeff Passan, we're currently talking to you while the New York Yankees are playing on a West Coast series against the Mariners in Seattle. So Aaron Judge could very well have a three-home run game and skew everything we're talking about today, and that would not be a surprise at all. Because along those very lines, we need to discuss how impressive Judge has been this year. So please, Jeff, put into perspective what the Yankees' Aaron Judge is accomplishing this season. Well, we can look at this from a couple different perspectives. I think the first one is in the context of what happened before the season. The Yankees know that Aaron Judge is a star. And he's a star not only because of the numbers he puts up, but because of where he does it. There have been player after player after player who has crumbled playing in pinstripes in the Bronx with all the pressure that comes with being a Yankee. That's not Aaron Judge. He's thrived since his debut. He's embraced the idea that he is the heir to Derek Jeter. The Yankees wanted to lock him up long term, but they didn't want it enough. And what I mean by that is the contract offer for seven years and $213.5 million was reasonable. It was generous, but it wasn't what Judge believed he was worth. You're disappointed. Um, You know, we weren't able to agree, you know, on extension. But like I said, I kind of told you guys, you know, pregame was it's, you know, just an honor to even get a chance to, be discussing those kind of talks and, you know, be in this position. With that hanging over his season, with the possibility that he could tank and potentially lose tens, maybe a hundred million plus dollars if he has a bad year, 
He's gone out and put together not just the best year of his career, a very good career so far, but the best year of anyone in all of baseball. Judge drills that. Deep center field. Kelnick looking up. It is gone. Number 44 for Aaron Judge. And the march to history gets a little closer. Jeff, what exactly is the history that Aaron Judge is chasing this season? You go back, Emily, to what Babe Ruth did in 1919 and 1920. In 1919, he's with Boston. He hits 29 home runs, smashes the home run record, gets sold to the Yankees for $100,000, and proceeds to go out the next season and hit 54 home runs. And all of a sudden, the home run record is held by a New York Yankee starting in 1920. He bumps it up in 1927 to 60 home runs, and that holds all the way until 1961 when two Yankees, Maris and Mickey Mantle, are duking it out, and Maris, of course, comes out on top. Fastball hits deep to right. This could be it. Way back there. Holy cow, Fast forward to 1998, when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire are having their summer of love in baseball. The home run record has been in the possession of a New York Yankee for almost 80 years at that point. And McGuire, of course, winds up hitting 70 that year. Bonds comes back three years later and hits 73. And this thing that for generations almost felt like a birthright to Yankees fans has been taken away by two guys who were using PEDs. Whether it's Bonds or McGuire or Sosa, all of those players wear the Scarlet S. And Aaron Judge is trying to do what Ryan Howard once upon a time did, what Matt Williams back in 1994 was doing before the strike, what countless players have believed they're capable of, but none actually were able to, which is reach the 60 home run threshold and do it clean. Yeah, Jeff, I mean, you've mentioned it. He's not wearing the scarlet letter. And I think that's what makes this pace especially astonishing because it's happened in the post-steroid era in baseball. But Judge himself is really downplaying the significance of what he's doing or 60 home runs in general. Here's what he had to say after he hit his 30th of the season. People talking about you now, can you be the next guy to hit 60? It hasn't been done in quite a while. Stanton came close. Is that something to shoot for? Do you, uh, do you care about numbers at all? <laughs> not, not really. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great if it happened. You know, it'd be something that's pretty cool. But uh, I think having a ring on my finger at the end of the year would be even better. How would you describe Judge as a personality in the game? Because to me, when I hear him, he sounds like a hockey guy. <laughs> Your biases might be coming through, Emily, but I think you're actually pretty spot on with that. And I think he takes a lesson from Derek Jeter, who, if you've been watching The Captain at all, shameless plug, shameless plug, talks about his approach with the media in New York and how he actively tried not to say anything interesting. Because saying something interesting only brings 
more scrutiny only brings more attention. And Aaron Judge is not like the me first attention guy. He's not quiet. He's not unassuming. He has a huge presence in that clubhouse. It's a personality that understands when it's right to say something, to do something, to pat on the back, to kick in the ass. And having that kind of feel in baseball, on top of the skills that he has, really is a special combination. That type of personality that you described, Jeff, he's going to refuse to say that eclipsing Roger Maris's record is a big deal, but I'm allowed to say it. It's a very big deal for Major League Baseball. What would it mean for the sport if Aaron Judge were to do that and eclipse Roger Maris this season? It would be a referendum, I think, that we haven't had to this point. And listen, I try not to judge too much based on social media and people throwing out there their opinions. But man, it is really a bifurcated group of baseball fans. You have those that look at 61 as the record for the olds, the record for people who don't appreciate Barry Bonds. I understand the desire to hearken back to those times when baseball was in its true golden era and when it was the sport that everybody in the country loved. It it embodied its national pastime nickname. At the same time, the way I look at it is that there's a number in the record books, and that number is 73. Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs in 2001. 73 balls went over fences. They counted in major league games. So the fact that they were done while he was using performance-enhancing drugs, there were a lot of people using performance-enhancing drugs around baseball. And I'm not trying to make some sort of equivalency where if one person does it, then that makes what the other did okay. It doesn't, but this is where it was inevitably going to end up, right? It was going to land on somebody who actually has a chance to do it and a pretty good chance at this point. And it was going to make this already difficult discussion that much tougher because the record books say one thing, but the hearts and minds of a not insignificant portion of the sports fan base believe another. So 73 seems unlikely for Judge, but 62 is certainly within reach. He's currently on pace pretty comfortably to top Maris's record. This could get kind of awkward for Major League Baseball, right? Like, if Judge gets to 62 and passes Maris, how do you think MLB will celebrate that achievement? Well, I think there will probably be lots of cheering on, like, MLB Network. (laughs) And noted. And I think that there will be lots of questions asked to players, especially his Yankees teammates, who, because they are his teammates, are going to say this is the real record. But in terms of a formal celebration, if Major League Baseball is turning its back on its own record books, does that not bring into question some of its other records? Does that not potentially invalidate other things that were done during the steroid era? It just feels like if you treat 62 like it's the new home run record, 
you are opening up a Pandora's box that you will want to shut as quickly as possible, but won't be able to. As much as what happened with Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and really all of baseball throughout the early and mid-2000s damaged the sport, I think that damage coming to roost right now is something that's really necessary for closure and is going to potentially bring baseball to a better place where fans finally acknowledge that, hey, the record is the record. And there's nothing that we can do about it. And if you want to believe that Aaron Judge is the single season home run record holder, hey, you do you. You are well within your right and you will not be the only one out there. But Major League Baseball as an entity will not. People say the record is the record, but there's still a faction and probably a large faction who have maintained that Bond should have a metaphorical asterisk next to his name. So does Judge have his own positive metaphorical asterisk when we do the record books? Yeah, what is that? Do you put like a carrot next to it or, or do you put in, maybe like like 62 with an exclamation point or something like that? Yeah, a 100 emoji, a gold star, whatever the kids do these days. <laughs> you could just put like a, a skull there because uh, he killed the old record and we are all dead for witnessing his greatness. Hmm, beautifully morbid. <laughs> Coming up, have the Yankees lost their chance to re-sign Aaron Judge? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home some huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply jeff for most of the season the new york yankees have had the best record in baseball Though they have slipped a little bit of late, so the best record currently belongs to the Los Angeles Dodgers. But what has Judge meant to this Yankees team? Everything? And I, I don't mean to be flippant when I say that, but 
if you look at what Aaron Judge has done just purely in terms of wins above replacement, which is the metric that's used to compare baseball players, not just against their peers this year, but across eras, Aaron Judge has accounted for seven war this year, which barely 100 games into the season is an absurd number. There are the three walk-off home runs. There are the times when Judge is hitting when nobody else is. There's the fact that Giancarlo Stanton, uh, you know, his bash brother is out right now and Judge is picking up the slack. If the Yankees don't have Aaron Judge this season, they are a good team. Because they do have Aaron Judge this season, they have been a great team. Well, this guy sounds like he should be a Yankee for life, which is our next topic because (laughs) we need to talk about Aaron Judge's contract. He's due for a new one. And the Yankees did make this massive offer to him before the season. It was seven years, more than $200 million. But he turned it down, essentially betting on himself. So what have contract negotiations looked like since then? And where might they go from here? Uh, Since then, they've been non-existent. And Aaron Judge said explicitly, I don't want to negotiate during the season. It's a distraction. If we get an extension done before the season begins, that's great. I want to be with the New York Yankees. I love my life here. Things are good. This organization is the best, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be interesting to look back in December or January or whenever he does sign to look back at what the Yankees chose to do and how it might be a potentially historic misstep for the organization, or we can look at it five or 10 years down the road, how they may have saved themselves from a giant mistake. Because the aphorism in baseball right now is that once you are 30 years old, uh, you might as well be 40. Like that's quite often how free agents are treated by teams. And that tends to be the lower level free agents, not the superstars like Judge. You look at Max Scherzer this offseason, he's in his late 30s and he's still got an average contract of $43.3 million a year. But Aaron Judge is going to hit free agency one time in his career. And this is that time and he is going to want to cash in as much as he possibly can. And, you know, I was speaking with someone in the Yankees organization while all of this was going on. And he said, essentially, we're comfortable with our contract offer. And if he goes out and plays well this year, good for him. He will have earned whatever money he made on top of that. And that looks like a bet that Aaron Judge made and reaped a $100 million-plus windfall from it. Do you get a sense of exactly what Aaron Judge is looking for in this next contract? Is it as much money as possible? Is it security? Is it something else? You know, he hasn't offered any insight into that at this point, but I, I think there are a few factors in play here. Number one, when you're a player of his caliber, you want to be not just regarded as the best, but paid like the best too. And we saw this with Juan Soto. Juan Soto got offered a 15-year, $440 million contract by the Washington Nationals, did not accept it, and was traded a little more than a month later. For that, Emily, to, to be the case, to turn down what would have been the largest contract in North American team sports history, It took a lot of gumption 
And and where did that gumption come from? It didn't come from the number of 440 not necessarily being enough. It came because Juan Soto realizes that he is one of the best players in baseball, that he is going to have a historically good career, and that settling, and, and I use that in air quotes, but settling for $29.3 million a year when there are 19 other contracts that have higher AAVs than that was just selling himself short. And, you know, there are players out there who believe that they need to get paid, not what the market believes they should get, but what the numbers say they're worth. And if Aaron Judge is out there, Emily, turning down $213 plus million from the franchise that drafted him, developed him, where he has excelled during his entire career— what that tells me is that Aaron Judge wants to be paid what he's worth, not to take a discount because he gets to wear pinstripes, not to take a discount because he loves New York or because he's comfortable there. No, he would like to get paid what a player who's got seven wins above replacement, 100 games into the season should get paid, and that is well over $35 million a year, and that's a contract that extends eight to 10 years, somewhere in that range. And that if teams want him, they're going to need to pony up uh, like we have only seen before with Mike Trout, with Mookie Betts, with the highest echelon of contracts in the sports history. You alluded to an eight to 10 year deal. Judge is 30 years old. Is he deserving of a contract that long? Maybe 10 or more years that would bring him into his 40s? I don't know if the question should be about deserve as much as it should be about market dynamics, right? Because there are some players who prioritize length of contract. There are some players who prioritize average annual value. Aaron Judge is so good this year that he's going to get to prioritize both. And you know that his market is going to start off robust because of the numbers. And it's going to creep into an area where there are only a few teams that are willing to go up into that neighborhood financially. The Yankees could go there. The Mets. Oh, boy. Ooh, Aaron Judge in a Mets uniform. You want to talk about something? The Mets, though, with Steve Cohen could go there. And the notion of stealing Aaron Judge and bringing him across into Queens, it has to be very tantalizing. Uh, the San Francisco Giants could go there. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the Chicago Cubs, the Texas Rangers have shown a willingness. But... There's only a finite number of teams, Emily, that are going to be willing to give Aaron Judge anywhere in the vicinity of what he desires. Now, we saw a similar situation with a Yankee a decade ago, and that was Robinson Cano's free agency. Now, Robinson Cano was not coming off the type of year that Aaron Judge is having right now. And his market, at least for the 10 years that he was seeking, simply was not quite as robust. And he ended up going to Seattle for 10 years and $240 million. And he bounced around and like, it's been sort of an ignominious end to that deal. And because of his age now, Aaron Judge, I think, is going to face some of those fears. There are going to be teams that say, no, we can't do it for that long. But when the bidding process really kicks into gear, when teams have reconciled with themselves the idea that this is going to be a player who's getting $35-plus million a year, if it takes that 10th year, Emily, 
he's going to get that 10th year because those last few years, they look at it like it's sunk cost. They understand that when you're giving Aaron Judge a 10-year contract, what you're really doing is buying the first five years and inducing him with those last five to play for you for the first half of the deal. All right. Well, if you're looking at the back half of his contract and what you predict, I think this is a natural gateway. We have to ask you for your favorite thing, predictions. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you're laughing. It's going to get real, real, real quick. My favorite thing. Uh, You know, the predictions. uh, The one thing that when they turn out well, nobody cares. And when they don't, everybody cares. All right. Well, let's care about this one. Do you think Aaron Judge will eclipse Roger Maris's 61 home runs this season? So before the second half on ESPN.com, I was asked this very question. And this was before Aaron Judge went off on uh, a home run jag to begin the second half, which validated my answer, which was yes, I do believe he will exceed 61 home runs this year. I am currently... Like you can hear it, Uh, Yankees fans, I am knocking on wood right now, my wooden desk right here. I don't want to drop a pass and curse on him and doom him to the injured list and ruin the Yankees season. But uh, so long as Aaron Judge stays healthy, I would be stunned if he did not exceed 61. I'm glad you're speaking directly to Yankees fans because my next prediction I want to ask you is, where is Aaron Judge playing next season? Oh, boy. This is a tougher one. The Yankees are always around or in excess of the luxury tax threshold, which is $230 million this year, $233 million next year. And let's remember, they already have Garrett Cole under contract for $36 million a year. They already have Giancarlo Stanton under contract Uh, for more than $30 million a year. They've got DJ LeMahieu under contract. But if you look at their their luxury tax number next year, right now it's only at $140 million. So the Yankees have the room, they have the revenues, they have the reason. And that reason is why my long-winded answer to this question is that he will continue wearing pinstripes next season. I think it's because the alternative is kind of devastating. I'm not basing my judgment for what the New York Yankees are going to do with Aaron Judge on my friends who are Yankee fans, but all of them, men, women, their children, every Yankees fan I know finds the notion of Aaron Judge wearing a different uniform absolutely devastating. Aaron Judge... He's the type of player who Yankees fans truly want to root for. And the type of season he's having right now, the possibility that he's going to exceed 61 home runs and win the American League MVP and potentially take the Yankees to their first championship since 2009, that's the kind of guy, if you're a franchise like the Yankees, you don't let go. Jeff Passan, thank you for your graciousness. Thank you for your insight. And thanks for coming on this podcast once again. And and thank you, Emily, for being uh, such a wonderful, thoughtful uh, host compared to what we normally have. Hmm. 
definitely keep that in, producers. <laughs> I'm Emily Kaplan. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.